Whew. All right, we made it. We made it. Uh, somehow the cancel gods have not uh, claimed us yet. Um, how, how you doing? Uh, did did they come after you? Bro, those last two weeks were rough. I mean, I mean, we're recording this in a weird uh, spot, but to be honest with you, man, that avatar, <laughs> the fans were out, and then just with the the killer doll, <laughs> just too out to, to keep going. Let's, let's but we're just... here. Yeah, but let's just say that uh don't don't expect the uh the uncut version of the Killer Dolls episode to come out anytime soon. Yo, the editing miracle we had to do for that one was wild. <laughs> yep, yep, we decided to wild out and uh I laced up the Black Air Forces and nobody was prepared, least of all myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that sorry. Absolutely, man. We definitely been Waxing it. So I'm Demetrius. And I'm Demetrius. And Meach Meach presents the Blurred City Podcast. All right. So just quick housekeeping. If you're hearing this, happy new year. Um, we are recording this actually before the new year kicks in. Uh just briefly, just because of recording, it's easier. Originally, we were gonna take a two-week break, but scheduling issues somehow benefited the listeners and not us. <laughs> That's funny how that works out. Um, so yeah, we are recording this Thursday before Christmas. Um, it's our bonus episode. We're going to have a big mailbag portion of the episode after we wanted to open up with a deep conversation that we were originally going to have instead of our doll episode, but that recording kind of got jacked up. So this is going to, we're going to do it today. I think it's going to be a really good one. Um, quick, brief discussion. And just with that, now that we're in the new year, this is technically the wrap up to part one of season two. Uh, so uh, like, subscribe, all that good jazz. Rate us, comment if you want to follow. Um, we're trying to grow. We really have big things for the new year planned, and we just hope to keep growing the city with that. So before we get into what we want to get into, let's hit you with that legal spiegel. All right. So the purpose of this podcast is to explore digital and print media. All sources we reference are owned by their respective companies and our thoughts and opinions are strictly our own and reflect no biases or corporate agendas. Your discretion is advised. Just like the last two times. <laughs> exactly. So with that, we're going to get into what's hot. Again, we're recording this um, December 22nd. So not a lot. We're, we're not going to be completely updated. So Meech, what are some of the things that you have? All right. So in terms of what I have, like in like by the time you're hearing this in the comic sphere, right? Dark, dark web is fully in gear. Uh, there should be a few issues that just came out, uh, especially the week before Christmas and or the week before New Year's. So you already get some extra content there. Really liking the crossover so far from from all the issues we've gotten. Uh, we got a new stage of the DC universe with the end of the Dark Crisis, uh, which is kind of funny. We got a dark web and a dark crisis. That's kind of <laughs> wild. Um, Darkness reigns. Yes, yes, the darkness is darkness is here. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Um, <laughs> but and then of course, you know, we got ourselves the spawn verse, you know, scorched. We got King Spawn, we got regular spawn, we got gunslinger now being inked by my boy Corey King. Shout out to you. Uh you you out here doing your thing now, and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, my boy. Uh and then finally vanish. The first four issues are out. Um, and the only reason I'm saying it now is because 
well, you gotta wait till March to to the fifth issue. So, <laughs> but fortunately, the, our our favorite boys Donnie and Ryan they doing special things right now. So good good heavens as to what's gonna happen there. So, oh yeah, got to mention you know I am Batman or as I like to call it, I am him. I am black <laughs> man. You know he's he's here. And same thing with Miles Morales, Spider Man. Both both those comics are lit, and those are definitely ones to keep on your radar. What about you? All right. So for me, um, one thing that we kind of missed was the Oppenheim trailer. Um, so Chris, that drop, Christopher Nolan definitely has something cooked up. Not going to drop until July, but it's just something to keep on the radar. Um, he's coming back after his tenant um, drop. So I think even though it's a historical drama, it's still going to be a bit of a mind bender. Uh, one thing that I was surprised that we kind of both missed uh, was Gen V the trailer for that. So the boys college spinoff has an official trailer. Absolutely. Wait, no. Yeah. Gen V. If you check heck? that out. How did I miss that? Bro, it dropped like so subtly. It wasn't like super big. It was just like Gen V. And then I think I saw it one day and I was like, wait, what is this? And then I was like, oh, the boys are getting a college uh, spinoff. So I, I really like the cast that they have built together for that. Oh, no, I need to hop on that immediately, my guy. <laughs> um, also, big thing. So with this, uh, as of next week of what we're recording last week, for when people are hearing, a lot of the uh, anime fall season seasons, season ones or just seasons in general have ended. So Chainsaw Man, I believe Bleach, the first core is done. I'm not sure when the second one picks back up. Spy Family should be done. Mob Psycho, the series ended, which was, oh, it's such a great story. Um, I think My Hero is just going to keep going, keep going consistently for like 25 episodes, I believe. And then other different um, ones that we're actually going to touch on next week in our anime recap episode with two of our closest friends. <laughs> so that's definitely going to be a fun one. Uh, blue law cool yes and that's also one that was uh it was a really trippy uh in episode 11 finding out just the twist so with that something else that's what's hot but i'm going to transition into a geek out freak out segment it's not going to be super extended it's just because we have a lot of questions in the mailbag and discussion that we want to get to but i mentioned it the past two podcasts the well i went to theaters and saw that Brendan Fraser, um, his comeback, it has Max from Stranger Things as the daughter. Absolutely incredible movie. I mean, when I went to it, I thought it was going to be, I actually didn't know what to expect. I know it's based on a play and it is just like moving. Like it, it's been a very long time since a movie has emotionally moved me. Like Black Panther did that. Everything Everywhere All, all at Once did that. The Whale just did that in just like a different sense of a word because it was so focus like it takes place in one building and definitely just <laughs> yeah as you bring up the, the Funko Pop it took place in just one building and it was just absolutely just great performances great acting the dialogue was realistic and it felt well it, it felt real because it was in a sense and I didn't cry I, I think because like I heard so much about it going into it and like the the movies that I mentioned that have made me cry before, a lot of them just caught me off guard and were shocking. Whereas this one is like so much talk about it where it's like, oh, when it first aired, this movie was a 13 minute standing ovation. And then everybody that literally talks about it is like, oh, I was in tears. But 
it was definitely emotional. The ending of it was just like a revelation in a sense. And it's like perfect storytelling. As we mentioned, like it was two hours and me, like we talked about the Avatar episode. I was so engaged the entire time. Like, and it was literally just talking and I was engaged every moment. The only time I wasn't, um, I was taken out of it is there are like some people that were standing up and talking and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get out. So, um, yeah, but it's definitely a movie where it's just like anybody can go. Like I remember walking into the theater, like single people, people that are couples, old people, not really kids because it's kind of like higher level, um, sit still stuff, higher but thinking. <laughs> yes, but it's definitely like, um, some teenager, but, but it's definitely just like, a movie that I 100% recommend to uh, wrap up. Well, I guess start the year if you want to, if from where you're listening. So absolutely incredible. The Whale, I don't know if it'll still be out in theaters now, but definitely if you get the chance to check it out, I highly recommend it. Nice, nice. I, I may have to check it out myself now. Yes, yes. If you take a date, they are definitely going to be moved. So... I'll put it like that, listeners. He's saying, uh, that's that's my chance. <laughs> saying that's that's how that's how I bag them, really. Uh, when we right. get to the mailbag, that'd be hilarious if we want to cover that question. All right. So for our next part, the deep dive, we're going to talk about um in recent months. Well, it's actually been a conversation for years probably but a lot of discourse dialogue about our superheroes real movies are just like franchises are they ruining cinema and definitely that's something that we wanted to talk about uh previously on the podcast but we never had the time to just like have the full discussion on it so today is that time so get ready get your life jackets on because it's time for the deep dive All right. So before we can actually um, dive deep into our opinions on it, I'm going to just read a few quotes. Hopefully I'm not. It's you can look it up yourself for the entire context. I'm going to read as much of it as I can uh, just to give context and fairness to all people involved. So uh, one of them being Quentin Tarantino, he said, part of the marvelization of Hollywood is you have all these actors who become famous playing these characters, he said. But they're not movie stars, right? Captain America is the star or Thor is the star. I mean, I'm not the first person to say that. I think that's been said a zillion times, but it's like, you know, it's the franchise characters that become a star. So then transitioning to the next one, another aspect of what Quentin Tarantino said is my only axe to grind against them is they're the only things that seem to be made. um, Noting how the fans of studios only like those kind of films, they're not really much for anything else. So that's kind of an issue. Going to Martin Scorsese, another legendary director. He once quoted saying in 2019 that the Marvel movies are not cinema. And honestly, direct quote, honestly, the closest I can think of them as well as made as they are with actors doing the best they can under circumstances is theme parks. It is the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. Then with that, uh, I'm not I'm going to say his name wrong, so I'm just going to say the actor who plays Shang-Chi. He kind of went back at them saying just like cinema back in the day wasn't diverse as we can see it now evolving with Marvel characters and different aspects like that. And then Samuel L. Jackson, the GOAT, 
responded to the comments saying that um, I mean, that's like saying Bugs Bunny ain't funny. Films are films. Everybody doesn't like his stuff either. Moving on to the quote, everybody's got an opinion. So, I mean, it's okay. Ain't going to stop nobody from making movies. So with that, Meech, um, and to the listeners, obviously this is a nerd podcast. So we kind of know where we stand, but we're going to try to be as fair as we can possibly be. So, and view both sides. So what you got, Meech? All right. Well, I'm going to start off by playing, you know, seeing, looking at where they're coming from. Okay. These are two men who made like, made tons of money making like very highly acclaimed movies very thought-provoking movies and very like just interesting and differently styled movies how and i can see that like they they grew up in a time where movies were very different uh and they were like were around where times where stuff like what we see now you know with marvel and dc movies and even star wars to a degree well, actually, no, scratch that. They were around during the OG Star Wars era, so they, they would know all about that. But essentially, they grew up in a time where the movies that were flooding the market weren't those things. And they were around in a time where stuff like Marvel and DC and superhero movies in general were more relegated to TV, to the mm. comics, to video games, to radio dramas. Uh, so, and also I can kind of see another side where it come from is the sense like, hey, those things like when when a Marvel movie came out, that is going to dominate the the uh box office for weeks and maybe months unless like your movie is on such a high high tier, mm-hmm. but that. And that's something that's not even fully confirmed because of the fact that's all based on like like viewer interpretation, viewer choice, and reviews and whatnot. And and to them, it's like, hey, okay, uh, and this is where some of the criticism is going to start slipping in because mm-hmm. of the fact I go like, okay, when you see them, right, and you see them go, like they try to promote their movies, they try to promote like something that they create, maybe like a passion project of theirs, or maybe just another movie, you know, to get extra, an extra bag under, extra bag for themselves. And then you have to, you actually have to strategize when to release it because of the fact like, okay, if I release it the same week or in the same couple weeks as a Marvel movie, my movie ain't gonna get seen. (laughs) And I guess the only way for it to ensure that is like either put it in a week that doesn't have a Marvel movie, which may be on a weekend that might be like unconventional or inconvenient for people like putting uh like, let's say a horror movie in February type of deal mm-hmm. or or they want to try their best to to stop to get the the viewership of the Marvel movies down which is kind of similar like what I'm thinking that they're going that they're trying to do by like bashing Marvel movies like hey these aren't real movies if you want to see a real movie come over here enjoy like the art of the sin enjoy the cinematography enjoy the like actual thought provoking stories uh rather than these Marvel movies not realizing that uh that these superhero movies can have 
and pro- and will continue to have thought-provoking stories as well as art of the sin and all cinematography and everything like that. So in all sense in TLDR mm-hmm. they are they are old they're older white males who pretty much are trying to it's like get with the times my guy. I I hate to use this Gen Z uh, terminology <laughs> but uh okay boomer. <laughs> it's it's wild cuz Quentin Tarantino is my favorite director by far. Um I love all nine of his movies and then he said that whenever the 10th one drops that's going to be his final one so I'll definitely be there day one when that that's drops. Sad. Like like the reaction I had to um what was it the hateful 8 my jaw was literally like dropped the entire time after uh Samuel Jackson gave his speech about what he did to the dude's son. <laughs> yes my my job the entire rest of the movie was just like open like i was stunned like he's such a great director um all of his films are like really like top tier movies in my opinion and just with that i think that when they say this um marvel movies i think they miss that each era of cinema i'm not a cinematography historian or whatever um but well there we go you can help me out with this so each era of movies has something that dominates it so mm-hmm. i don't know the time frame but let's just say like at a certain point westerns were the highest level of movies that like could make where a lot of people would do that so like even with my um aunts um one of my aunts she loves western so like when i was younger every time we went over to her house she'd always have a western on tv and then like even with that like westerns are really good you had something to say about time frame Oh, yeah, I'd say, like, the Westerns, that was, like, roughly around, like, 50s, 60s period. Kind of, like, in between when they started going from black and white to color. So we have the Westerns, which kind of romanticizes a period of time that no longer should be romanticized in some aspects of it. Also, we talked about, like, we started season two off talking about horror. That's like all 80s, right? 80s, 90s. Darn right. The 80s was golden horror, baby. So 80s, 90, early 90s is just like complete horror, um, horror dominating films. Like we have Freddy versus Jason. Well, Freddy and Jason, Chucky, Leatherface uh, with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, other ones, uh, one of the goats with Michael Myers and just like different aspects of that. We get the introduction of sci-fi. Um, so Star Wars is 80s, right? Okay, Star Wars started like late 70s, 80s, 80s. like that, mm-hmm. like the two years that those movies came out, shot and just killed everything. And then the 90s, when it was brought back for the prequel, 90s and early 2000s for the prequels, again, dominated, killed money. So then also with that, mob movies, which I want to say are maybe... I don't remember when The Godfather came, but 70, 90s. 90s period. So 70s to 90s, mob movies were all the rage. Um, Scarface. Scarface, Godfather, Godfather 2. I think Goodfellas is 90s, right? Goodfellas, I think that was like closer to the 80s range. Okay, so 80s even still. So oh, just it was actually period. 1990. Okay, like right on the edge of it. So that's dominating. And Martin Scorsese did uh, Goodfellas, which is my favorite mob movie of all time. Um, so just like with that, but then we also transition to the late nineties, early two thousands, which is completely dominated by fantasy. So we get our Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter gets like seven, eight movies, um, because they start the split the two, like, that's the first time I ever saw like 
okay, part one of this movie with the same title, part two of this movie with the same title with that. Um, Hobbit came later in like the 2010s and stuff like that, which is then late 90s, early 2000s movies in terms of superhero movies are finding their footing. So like Spider-Man series, first two hit takeoff. Um, Blade movies saves Marvel's behind. Um, then also just like some of the X-Men, like the first two really good movies and then kind of just like wonky a bit but like it's trying out and then once 2008 hits with the first iron man movie again we mentioned it it's not till four years later where it's like oh this is this is a thing and then it's not till about 2016 2015 when age of ultron comes where it's like boom if you're not in a marvel movie you're missing it so i can i can i can see that but there's an error to every period and then as I hand it back over to you, I can also see where at this point with like Disney plus and the streaming wars content is King. So, yeah. 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 Most definitely. Definitely with that. Uh, you, you pretty much touched on like a ton of great points. I think like, yeah, I think we're now in the era of streaming. Uh, like as you see, like a lot of movies are and TV shows are coming out exclusively on streaming sites. And these are like high content uh stuff. Like and with like the streaming wars, right? Like not only just movies, right? But TV shows have also evolved to where it's now they're now designed to be binged mm-hmm. rather than designed to catch your catch your eye for each episode, like on t- syndicated TV. Uh, like case in point, like look at Wednesday. Yeah, like yeah, I can I can binge Wednesday all day long. However, if you, or like uh Law and Order S, but Law and Order SVU, that tends to be more serialized. Like each episode is independent of one another. Each uh, like seasons are longer. Seasons mm-hmm. are like. There may not be as many two or three parters, but when it do, that's when they grab you mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and continuing on, like documentaries, I mean, Tiger King. Yeah. <laughs> Part one and two. That's all I got to say. Just Tiger King. That That's that's all I have to say about that, because that's let you know, like how documentaries and streaming stuff are on the rise. Uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh yeah, um, definitely real crime is one that's picking up because I know Casey Anthony just got one. I'm like, why the heck are why? you giving this person a documentary? Um, in order to stay on track, uh, you kind of want to give your breakdown or opinion on prestige, quote unquote, real movies. Yeah, uh, pretty much like in terms of what I think like real movies are is just a movie that's able to like do what it set out to do and is able to get the audience that it was intending on. Mm-hmm. So, so and without like pretty much stressing out like anybody else. So what I'm, what do I mean by that? Right. I mean that like, if you have like, let's say a horror movie coming out the same week as a rom-com, like you can still have both those movies be out. And they attract their specific crowds, but and one's like not exa- not really bashing the other, 
Mm-hmm. And it's making bank at the box office, and boom, you you pretty much succeeded. I mean, you like you're making back over your over your budget, uh, and you're and like if it causes like mass discussion afterwards, like being thought provoking or being movies where like it causes you to think or or they have like one of them twists where it recontextualizes the entire movie. That mm. makes you want to go back and see it again from different with different eyes. Like then, hey, like if it fills the director's dream and if it like satisfies a good portion of people, then hey, you you're doing something right. Mm. Uh, but never, I mean, never try to like bash other people's content. Never try to bash like other people's con like content because like they're trying to get the bag as well. They're they're basically they're trying to do the same thing you're doing, mm-hmm. and so why are you why are you hating the game? Why are you hating the players now? I think he made a great point, um, and that kind of ties back into what Samuel Jackson said, where it's just like some people are not gonna like your movie no matter what you do. Um, Godfather being one of the greatest movies period of all time, like some people could watch part of that like the first 30 minutes and just cut it off and be like, this is boring. Um, I don't get it, and just like different movies, like the Titanic you know, is one of the greatest movies. And the most talked about part of the Titanic is either the scene where he's like holding her on the boat. And the other part is why, why didn't she share the space with him? Like that's the biggest talking points from that movie years later. So with that, I just think, yeah. So just with that, like even seeing the well, that being a good movie and then everything everywhere all at once, one of the best movies I've ever seen period is just incredible but at the same time that doesn't take away from a black panther wakanda forever where not only are they working with a real life grief and loss but they're able to incorporate that into their acting and then story-wise that's just like wow just like i think it's giving grace to everyone like this is for us and this is some things are not for them you know so Mm -hmm. we all kind of slip into that any limits on the franchise style movies that you wouldn't say though, because nostalgia is king. Even yeah. like we saw this year, Top Gun Maverick came back and it's like one of the top grossing box office movies of all time as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh nostalgia does have like its benefits and its downfalls. So what I mean by that is is that like you can like if you make a sequel to a movie that didn't have a sequel or or something that like didn't happen for years and years to come, people are gonna come in there with so with so much like different thoughts. Like either is it gonna live up to the originals? Are they gonna be like creative with it? Is it gonna be something that like I can rewatch and not like cringe at? Uh mm-hmm. and like is is it like a deliberate c- cash grab? Like because with certain movies, you can tell when something's a cash grab and when something's like gen- genuine passion, right? Um, like for example, the <clears throat> uh, oh man, this is hard to say. Uh, Star Wars Episode Seven Eighty Nine. Uh, those. <laughs> Bruh. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, you had to admit that existed. <laughs> uh, oh God, but uh, but yeah, like those, you can tell those were. Those were cash grabs all the way down yeah. to how episode seven is literally just episode four Especially with a new coat of paint. <laughs> um, and and yes, yeah, like people are going to come in with 
very different notions, especially if the movie hadn't come out in a while. They started thinking of like their own ways to like make a sequel, and you're trying to pander to that crowd. Uh, but then there's like another issue I don't think we've talked about when it comes to long running franchises, mm-hmm. and that's the topic of fatigue, right? It's it's the law of diminishing returns because if if like a certain franchise keeps going year after year after year after year sucking everybody's money dry uh eventually it's going to come to a point where people are like why is this still going yeah. and like why are we still doing this and i think that's part of the reason why many people have a problem with the mcu nowadays especially with phase four and how like like a besides the fact like a there there seemed to be like no real plan mm-hmm and how like in game pretty much seemed to be the perfect like stopping point as the, it said yeah yeah the perfect place to like end everything off even though i'd like to say that uh far from home and no way home are the perfect uh, stopping points um mm-hmm. or heck even wakanda forever i leave that as a good stopping point um <laughs> but that's just me but uh when it comes to that like there seems to be there's a there's just a big thing about like People are just getting tired of seeing these movies, especially mm-hmm. if like quality starts dipping or they seem like it's just stagnant, like at just one level or going down. Like yeah. people are just gonna just gonna stop seeing it. So got gotta be real careful with that. I think that is one reason too, where it's like these quotes come out ten years after down the line of the movies when like every like it's completely dominating streaming box office but it's crazy because with phase four everyone wants to bash it but it produced two of the top six top five movies in the entire mcu Mm -hmm. franchise like only endgame infinity war and civil war are like in the conversation with those two in my opinion like I would even put like the 2012 Avengers up there too. That's that's fair. So just like with that, two of the top six like came out of Phase Four. So and again, I don't think that if you compare some of the Phase Four movies with like Phase Two, Phase One, it's not even comparable how much better they are um, from a standpoint. But I do think that's kind of what gets into it, where it's just like give me something else. And I think that's when we get to our mailbag for some of it. Um, I think that's the issue that DC is going to run into um, just with that. So you got anything else with that? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like at the end of the day, it's like what the point of movies is to entertain folk mm-hmm. and and whether or not like it, it does that. That's a deter- That's a good determining factor on whether the movie's good or not. It's about the quality of the movie and not whether or not it's uh it's a movie dependent on like a certain verse or a movie that's that's hinging on a certain director or anything like that. It's like if if it's a good movie, like and it's good quality, then people will come to it. Um and and like times are changing. So the yeah. bar is always being reset. That's true. Yeah. So just kind of with that, uh, when people stop handing out five hundred million dollars to you know movies like that then that's when they'll stop making the movies it'll kind of just play itself out that's kind of what sam jack was saying essentially um Mm -hmm. and even robert downey to kind of sum it up was essentially like there's no point we shouldn't be fighting ourselves really because all the actors um 
are like work they work with these directors and are in other movies so something we wanted to do with recommendations is that for me i'm going to give some recommendations of mcu actors but outside of kind of the marvel and superhero scope so with that samuel jackson the goat um, you can check him out in a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies. Obviously, Pulp Fiction is one of the most quotable <laughs> movies that you can. Hateful Eight, um, Jackie Brown, Django Unchained as well. Uh, one Yo. of his favorite collapse. He he has the most movies of all time, I believe. So I can't na- possibly name them all. But some of my personal favorites, Snakes on a Plane, Plane. <laughs> <laughs> A Time to Kill, which is an incredible performance by him and Matthew McConaughey. And then one other thing, it's a it's a play. Um, It should be still on HBO Max, but one of my favorite plays and just like um, the way they shot it is him and Tommy Lee Jones in Sunset Limited. And again, it's just like play format. They literally just talk about faith, essentially. And it's absolutely incredible. Next one, Chris Evan. You can check him out in Knives Out. Snowpiercer, The Gray Man, and then Lightyear. Um, for that, Robbie Don- Robert Downer- Downey Jr., The Judge. The next one, this is a disclaimer because I know people are going to get offended by this movie now of how it aged, but Tropic Thunder. They, they know what they are doing in this movie when you see it. There is a specific reason for it, and I'll leave it like that. Um, they're aware of what happens. So, other one, Sherlock Holmes, that, and then the sequel absolutely incredible and then the next one the soloist and he will also be in Oppenheimer so much you can check that out in July next one Mark Ruffalo y'all better check out his uh, catalog because he's in Spotlight one of the greatest movies of all times he's in Foxcatcher which is absolutely incredible he's in Shutter Island <laughs> absolutely incredible and then he's in Now You See Me <laughs> So Mark Ruffalo is an actor. Don't get it twisted just because you see him as the whole. Uh, next one, Scarlett Johansson, Lucy, her, Sing. She's a voice actor in that movie. And then A Marriage Story with um, Adam Driver. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's absolutely incredible. And then just to speed it up, Jeremy Renner. Boy, check out his catalog. Um, Born Legacy, Arrival, The Town, The Hurt Locker. <laughs> so, And then just to wrap it up, Chris Hemsworth, Extraction, 12 Strong, Cabin in the Woods, definitely a young one. (laughs) One of the funniest scenes that that I've ever seen in a horror movie. And then the final one, Men in Black International. So what what else you got? (sighs) I I just wanted to make sure that you got those out of the way. Yes. Uh, But of course, we got to talk about Chadwick Boseman, uh, RIP to the GOAT, you know. Yeah, I tried to cover just the main Avengers. Yeah, but of course, I I, I have to talk about him because, you know, you know, you get you got to see his Jackie Robinson movie 42. You got to see him be James Brown, you know, like those those movies is mm. Mm -hmm. and Michael B. Jordan in uh, Fruitvale Station. That's what what else do I have to say, man? Or any Creed movies? So. Yeah, and every single Creed movie that that that's coming out, one, two, and three. So that's that's all I gotta say. I yeah. I just need to get some representation from my brothers out there. Yeah. So don't, don't get it twisted that these people can't act because they absolutely can't. So right now we're just gonna uh, reset, pull out our mailbag, and then get the questions ready. All right. So 
over the past few weeks, we've been recruiting, put out the bat signal for uh, just mailbag questions. And again, once again, listeners did not disappoint. We have a lot to get to. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. <laughs> we have, again, a lot of DC questions. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. We might have to answer that. It's just like one. Um, so just to kick it off, first person is someone that we're going to be uh, actually have on the podcast next week, listeners. <laughs> and this person is a savage. So oh, <laughs> be <Lord>. prepared. <laughs> that's going to be a wild episode. I thought we were done trying to get canceled. <laughs> nope. Nope. Apparently we decided to bring this entity here. We chose violence. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll kick this one off for us. How do y'all feel about the rise of I left the hero party genre in anime? Mm. You know, sometimes I think like that, that genre is kind of, kind of real. You know, sometimes you have them those, those, that's that certain party. I and I know this because I played enough Call of Duty. You know, like <laughs> sometimes your teammates are so god awful, so trash that you decide to just do this on your own. Mm-hmm. And if you win a certain guild and you just like, and my teammates ain't pulling their way, I'm the one that's doing every all the hard work, so I'm I'm just going dip. But yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a. But in the anime sphere, it sometimes kind of looks bad on certain people, but uh, I, I don't care. <laughs> so, yeah, things things pretty all right. I actually really enjoy it um, so far. Like, there's this one that I watched. I can't remember if it came out late last year or just like middle of this year, but it's called Banished from the Hero Party. I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. That's actually one of my favorite anime that I've like off the cuff, non-popular ones that I've watched recently. Um, and just with the genre in general, I've watched like two others, but I didn't finish them. One was like, I got kicked out of being a hero. So I joined the demon army. And then another one is beast tamer, um, which I like halfway through. So I, I really enjoy the genre. It's just kind of, it's different storytelling. I, I feel like with Isekais, there's a lot of just like genre, like specific subgenres of it for a period of time, because there's definitely like a reincarnated as a demon Lord or a demon Lord gets reincarnated uh, genre subgenre as well. <laughs> Next. All right. All right. What show have you watched and saw yourself on screen? Oh boy. All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. So the last thing I watched where I was like, yep, that is me was was actually Miles Morales in just anything Spider-Man related. So like it was the Spider-Man show, the the into the Spider-Verse cuz when I when I was young I was like, "Yep. I was literally that as a kid." Mm-hmm. And, and I was that much of a that much of a guy who thought he had all the sauce and then realized <laughs> he absolutely didn't and kind of and he looked kind of like me too when I was younger. That's right. only with a little only except the fact that I had a little bit more body weight, but uh, that's you know there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Miles Morales was literally the last time I saw me. For me, um, this is about to be savage. Uh, so Kanasuba. <laughs> oh dear lord! <laughs> if you haven't watched the show, oh boy, Kazuma is one hundred percent my inner self. <laughs> That's the, the part of me that I lock away because Kazuma is a savage, but it's like a, it's not a mean spirited savagery. It's just like a 
you know. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Rated E for everybody. <laughs> so, one hundred percent, my inner self is Cosmo. So, the world will not see that aspect of myself ever. Only in my writing. So, mm, shame. <laughs> yes, for the next one. All right. So, first DC question: How's the current state of DC and Marvel media got y'all feeling? Well, uh, if you listen to the previous episode of the podcast, he can tell you that uh, DC fumbling hard, especially with more news on the fact that, like, you know, Black Adam no longer a thing. So The Rock is out. They well, finally- it's weird because he said it's not in the initial stages of DC, but it's technically not done. Nah, it, it kind of got confirmed this morning. Ah, uh, so I see. I saw the other thing like yesterday. So it's ridiculous. Yeah, that was this morning, the morning of when we were recording. So yeah, he out, and also Ezra, Ezra Miller got fired. So uh, oh, that had to happen. That, uh, that, yeah. that was the first thing. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was just glad that happened. But uh, yeah, DC fumbling the bag. But uh, hope. But let let's keep an open mind on whatever James Gunn got planned, and better be good. Uh, and then in terms of Marvel, I mean, we got phase five coming in and I hope all these people stop complaining about, uh, whatever, like see how phase four is just the setup year mm-hmm. and hopefully they can, they can, uh, calm that down. So I'm kind of hopeful bit. Yeah. Only thing for Marvel at the point, um, is that however, again, we mentioned this earlier in the season, however they handle Fantastic Four, which we probably won't find out until uh, 2020, late 2023 or early 2024, since the movie doesn't come out for like another two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like the rollout of the mutants is going to be interesting, in my opinion. So um, I don't think they can really mess it up. Anything. The only criticism most likely is just like how they handle Disney Plus at the moment. I think Quantum Mania is gonna hit, and then once that we we immediately hit to Volume Three of Guardians of the Galaxy. So I think they coming out swinging. So yeah, yeah, oh, certainly, well, certainly. Well, thank you for your questions, Gabe. And now yeah, we're not answering the fourth one. <laughs> nah, no, nah, I'm done with that. I'm done with you. Uh, but now we actually get into one of our favorite uh guests. No, one of our former guests on the show, the one and only Sarah. You know, yes. if you remember her on our on one of our amazing episodes, then boom. Yep, of gaming. So. That gaming episode was fire. Uh, but yeah. So, her first question is: How would you differentiate between a geek from a nerd? That is a tricky one. So I actually had to look up the definition of it, and it's as close to being the same thing as possible. Um, both of them kind of like they mentioned extreme enthusiasm or just like obsessive enthusiasm about it i will say how it was typically used a geek was someone that is kind of like in the sphere of kind of what we we do um just like Mm -hmm. with gaming dungeons and dragons uh superhero stuff uh harry potter and all that while a nerd was just like a smart person that was weird in a sense you know what's funny? I literally did the exact same thing. I had to look it up. <laughs> so I had the exact same difference. It's just like a nerd is just the smart one, and then the mm. geek is the is the pop culture one. Yeah, the socially awkward one. But, but there's like similarities between both in a sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty hard to tell. Pretty hard to tell. But uh, yeah, 
definitely interchangeable. Yep. Yep. Nobody will bat an eye. Um, but yeah, our next question is how did humans enter the Star Wars galaxy? So I'm gonna let you take that one. A word. All right. So, okay. So in terms of like, how did humans enter the galaxy? You got to think like this. There are billions of planets like out there. Some of them may have hit the, the habitable zone, you know, where life can take place. So it's only natural that like evolution over time could produce more humans. Like that's the same thing I feel with uh everything out here right now is like, I believe in aliens. Like they, like, I believe they do exist because there's no way that Earth can be the only one that's in the Goldilocks zone. That there has to be another system out there that has a planet in that Goldilocks zone to where life could uh could be sustained. Now, I the reason I'm banned from random fan theory of the week is because I said I believe in aliens. <laughs> and now it's like I can barely get that one time. No, 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 no. See, you talked about how aliens was basically taking over everything. <laughs> That's not how I said it. <laughs> That's basically how it went down. You had a problem with wormholes. I said aliens are here. I didn't say they were taking over. Exactly. So you say that they are here already, which I can't, which is hard for me to buy. Now, if aliens did come, are here right now and they are listening to the podcast, then uh, welcome, um, welcome to the podcast, and <laughs> well, I appreciate your appreciate your patronage. And this man will be forever unbanned. But well, um, what's an alien? <laughs> moving on to the next question. Moving to the next question. Which Star Wars movies are the best crafted? Rogue One is easily the best crafted movie. And then just like the, also, I would say Revenge of the Sith. And then obviously like the first three, particularly the Empire Strikes Back, I think is incredible. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the, the same exact answers. Um, I do think, yeah, those are the best crafted that's not to say that like all the other movies aren't bad. Like they have very good crafted moments. Even the uh <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry that. um, but when it comes to like just good crafted movies, like the the ones that we mentioned are they bat like nine out of tens, whereas Absolutely. the other ones kind of bat like twos, threes, <laughs> maybe even fours of the force. Yes. <laughs> All right, so for our next one, Miran Jojo. All right, here we go. So we got a list of them. One character you would love to hang out with if they were in real life for one day. Easily the Straw Hats. Ooh, Easily the Straw Hats. Bro, I was a, thinking that. That is an easy dub. Like, I like all, all of them I can, I can roll with. It doesn't even matter what we do. It's like, I know we're going to get into shenanigans. I know I'd have to be the one that escorts Zoro everywhere. <laughs> I have this man on a leash. But, but yeah, right. any of the Shar hats, that's my answer. Okay, so I mentioned that my real self is Kazuma. So that means my answer is actually Dingy. But... <laughs> That's my that's my secret. That's my real answer. But the safe answer is either Luffy or Gojo. Okay. But Ooh. didn't you we could talk later? 
Oh boy. Oh oh nah. Oh nah. <laughs> we gotta have a discussion, my guy. Cause you're trying to you're trying to get us caught up. <laughs> Moving on. So most anticipated movie coming up in 2023. Whew. Oh man, there's there's a lot of bangers coming out next year. Like there's John Wick. Scream, that's, that's my answer. Scream. Creed. Mm-hmm. Creed 3. Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh, Guardians. Like, but I think probably for me, probably it's for me, it's gonna be across the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's gotta be that one because I saw the poster that they dropped. Oh, yes. I'm just like, did did they bring back my boy Josh Keaton? Did they bring back Spectacular? Just in yes, time to did. put this man on Disney Plus. Oh is, boy. Is it time? Am I am I crying right now? He's off the t-shirt and on a poster. Whew. Whew. All right. All right. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. For me, John Wick uh four. That's about to go insane. Oh yeah. No <laughs> doubt. I thought each movie keeps getting better. I thought John Wick three was bananas. Like this one that the actors bro they got it man that's all i gotta say all i say is if john does not if i (laughs) if i don't see it happen i am done bro if they break break out the wing chun it's over um all right next one most anticipated anime coming up in 2023 all right if attack on titan comes back that's gonna be that one Mm -hmm. that's a big if but if it's not, let's keep the gravy train going, Bleach. Yes. I need more God tier animation. That, that last one. <laughs> um, yeah. Attack on Titan should be coming back again. It's 2023 when most people are gonna hear it. It should be coming back this year, but there hasn't been a confirmation in over nine months. So all they've done is just drop like new posters and stuff. So I don't know when it'll come out. But another one, Demon Slayer. I heard that the Swordsmith Village arc is better than the Red Light, not Red Light. Well, yeah. Entertainment District Light arc, uh, that the PG way they phrased it. But I heard it's better and the fights go sicker. Yeah, yeah, they do. So that's going to be hype um, because all the upper moons are in the same room now. So we're going to get some answers <laughs> and Muzan Jackson will not be moonwalking anymore. <laughs> uh, He's going to be moonwalking over bodies. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely. He's going to be like, if I have to talk about this earring boy one more time, I'm going to go he he his family neck. Yes. So with the, I also don't know when, because apparently Bleach isn't just like 52 episodes straight. It's like broken up. So I don't know when the second part, as of when we're recording this, is going to come out. So, but it should come out this year. Um, yeah. So, yes, that's an, another big one. And we'll talk about our anime episode next week so we can go much more in depth with that. So next question, new MCU character you're looking forward to seeing in 2023? Kang the Conqueror, baby. I, yeah. I want to see my boy Jonathan Majors. I, I want to see him, you know, him just rock out, you know, him. I want to see him lace up the Black Forces. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy clap for me. Yeah, that's definitely number one. I can't think of the other movies that are coming out um, in 2023. I think the Marvels is coming out. Oh, yeah. 
Well, we've seen most of the characters. Um, definitely. Well, three. Yes, but I'm not, I don't know Adam Warlock that much to be hype about it. Uh, so it's King the Conqueror for me. Yeah. I mean, uh, with all the hype they've been putting up for this man. <laughs> yes. We actually don't know if that's King the Conqueror, though. Boy. Because <laughs> uh, Jonathan Majors and Loki was not introduced as King the Conqueror. And when, we know there's variants of people. So he might not be King the Conqueror that we think it is. Boy, you know it's him. But it could be a different version of the one before we I get not, to the King Dynasty. <laughs> I do not care. I just I just need Jonathan Majors. I know. I know. You don't 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 do me that don't the, do don't try me. A King variant, if we can go that way. So right. next part. Um bu- 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 name one anime character that has died that you would save from death. <sighs> oh boy. This one hurts. This one hurt a lot. I had I had to dig in the well deep. Mm-hmm. See all the characters who died. But then I had to see like whose character development ended up going through the roof because of uh-huh. their death. So as such, the only person who I could conceivably see was Rengoku san. Ooh. Because Jiraiya's death spurred Sage Mode. Yes. And Ace spurred uh spurred Luffy to Red Hawk. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't pick either of them just just for the sake of the story. Even <laughs> That's though a good I wanted point. them to come back. <clears throat> That's a good point because I was thinking of Jiraiya and then also Kuro Sensei, and oh! I was like, the entire point of their care—well, not the entire point of the character, but like their death was a important, crucial moment to the show. If you take that out, it doesn't impact. It doesn't like hit for the certain characters the way it should. It's mm-hmm. interesting that you say Rangoku because Rangoku's death is what spurs Tanjiro on in a sense, um, huh. and the rest of the crew. But mm. for me, uh, we both watch Clan Ad. No, don't you oh. dare! I would one hundred percent bring her back. Don't you dare! I, I, I blocked that from my memory, sir. I, I would bring her back. Uh, what's her name again? Nagisa and Tomoya, no, the the wife and daughter. Yeah, I would 100% bring them back because that was sad. They didn't deserve that. Um, I haven't watched your line in April, but I would bring the other person back as well. Uh, all right. I'm sad now. So, oh, it doesn't get any brighter. In Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Volume 3, it's reported or said by James Gunn that one or some of the Guardians will die. In our prediction, who dies? Rocket. That trailer 100% was like a rocket death flag. <laughs> they they literally did my man dirty with that uh with that trailer talking about we we ride together one more time. I'm like, oh, him getting that that love otter, and then mm-hmm. and then he's just like, nah, nah. I think that um Rocket 100 percent dies, even though the trailer is probably a misdirection. I feel like Nebula might die as well, just because I feel like that character has reached the end of its uh, arc mm. in a sense. Like it's been redeemed. Um, the only other thing is to redeem Gamora, and that'll be it. I would say Drax, but I feel like him and Mantis. Yeah, Mantis have like a thing that they would like to continue. So yeah, and then Groot is already 
a version of Groot has already died, so it wouldn't hit the same if Groot died again. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, all right, Nick. All right. Here we go. More DC. Henry Cavill is no longer Superman, so who would make a good Superman with a movie being in the writing stages? Ooh, oh man, that that one's a good one. That one is a good one. Uh, it's like good Superman actors, like that. That's hard to come by. Uh, there's only there's only one option that the fangirls would love. Henry we Cavill? have. No, well, well, that's true. Uh, Michael B. Actually, Jordan. No, you're missing. You're missing something. The big picture here. So we had no. Robert Pattinson as the Batman. Hey, we got to bring back those wars. <laughs> we got to get Jacob as Superman. <laughs> no, not Taylor Lautner. Not Taylor Lautner. And move into the 2020s. Hey, yo. That's only one option. That would be insane. Oh my goodness. They said funny. they want to go younger. They said they want to go younger. Oh man, I was I was thinking like John Krasinski. Like, <laughs> you're like, what if you had Jim as Superman? Like that would be well, he looks I, older than Henry Cavill. I don't care. He looks like a baby face when he shaves. Oh, that's fair. Uh, Henry Cavill don't look like he aged at all. So, oh my goodness! At, at least any option is better than than Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Maran Jojo, thank yeah. you for your questions. But now right. we get into yet another member of the another citizen of Blurred City, Donovan. Yes, double dreaded the dreaded double D. Let's go. Dreaded double D Donovan. He asks, what universally hated show and character do you love? All right. So this one is kind of tricky because it was hated at first and then people started to respect it as it turned around, but Black Clover and then Asta, because Black Clover definitely stumbled out of the gate. I was a day one listener and um, viewer of Black Clover, but even I was like, man, it's really cool to watch Naruto all over again. This uh, Wizard King, oh, you want to be the Hokage that doesn't have any powers and sucks, but you have your um, edgelord rival <laughs> that that also wants to be it. So I was like, wow, this, this looks like every shonen I've ever watched, but I enjoyed it. And then it definitely turned around once they kind of started fighting that <clears throat> Midnight Suns and Spade Kingdom and all that. So another one that I really loved, but I only hate the ending and I want to go and read the manga just to like compare it. But Soul Eater, Soul mm. Eater started off so good. And just the way they ended, it was just so dumb, in my opinion. So if that, that got rewritten, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Uh, I think for mine, I'm probably going to hit a lot of people with a ghost story. Mm. Ghost story is like animation, maybe trash, right? But <laughs> but that dub, that dub is <laughs> stuff of legends. Isn't that the one that goes crazy with the dub? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe you did that one. Yes. And I love it. Every single episode, I oh, die laughing <laughs> every time. Like you do not understand that my that it just brings just pure joy in my soul every time <laughs> I watch it. 
man. I, I think but, I saw a YouTube video describing why the dub got that way. Yes. The, even the backstory behind that is kind of wild. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah. So, but in terms of, like, my favorite uh, hated character, people are going to come at me again. Natsu from Fairy Tale. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched Fairy Tale, so I don't understand the vitriol as much. But, but <laughs> you want to explain that? Yeah, I mean, the main vitriol comes in the fact that the show basically does the same thing every season, like introduce a an evil character, Natsu, uh, talk no jutsu them into friendship, and uh, they become basically the Yamchas of the group next season. <laughs> and it keeps repeating over and over again. Um, but Natsu himself, I mean, he basically kind of acts like acts like your typical shonen protagonist from the from that era you know like the the naruto the luffy the goku you know the 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 dumb idiot who's super strong and knows how to talk no jutsu their way out of any problem cool all right for our next one uh another blurred city denizen so we have the most underrated anime fight and why who most underrated <sighs> this was tough yeah, this really was. Um, but I think one that like people don't really talk too too much about is in Demon Slayer, which is Tanjiro versus that drum demon. Mm. And the, and one of the reason why I love that fight is because of the fact Tanjiro had to think so far out of the box to try to get around that the ever-shifting rooms that's a good one and i know like if that was me i just like nah just just kill me just kill me or like just kill me because i can't deal with the headache Uh (laughs) or just look and also hey i think that yeah that was the arc where inosuke and uh zenitsu gets introduced yeah yeah so so yeah like come on now that's a good one um i just thought of there's one that i have and then i thought of a second one so only because I think the show is underrated. Ranking of Kings when Boji fights oh. King Bos. That is one of the sickest animated fights I have ever seen, um, ever in an anime. And it came out like the week of the like the Upper Moon Six fight. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was like the week right after. It was either the week right after or the week before it. And just the way they imagined that fight, and then with it being like with studio and they incorporated the attack on Titan movements from the like season three and before into the fight with King boss. And just like it occurred after his character development of Boji and just like for him, for everyone to be like the way you fight is not the way a King fights and for him to defeat him. And I believe the episode is called the, uh, uh, the, the swordsman sip of a King. And it was absolutely beautiful of a fight and just incredible yeah. i i absolutely love that fight yeah, yeah um, definitely for another one i would say that the sakura grand granny chio versus uh what's, what's the sasori is underrated because people that's the last time we see sakura really get active in the show and from then, I think that's what, like, there's a lot of disrespect, but let's not forget she got active against the story. Yeah, yeah. 
And if you want a second one, uh, for me, it actually would be Entrapped in a Dating Simulator. <laughs> Talk about my guy, Leon Von Bartfalto versus the Royal Guards. Or as I like to call, <laughs> as I called them at the time, the Colors. Because <laughs> of just how much he curbed them sideways and I died. I mean, it's hard to call that a fight. It felt like bullying. <laughs> it was bullying to the utmost degree, but technically two people were combating, so so, that, that so I, I count it. It was bullying at its finest. But, all right. Our all next right. question. Next question is actually from one of my good friends, Allison. Hey, what's up? Uh, So it's favorite video game movie. I would say the new Mortal Kombat was sick. I think that came out. Either this year or last year. New World Combat was sick. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. That is so long ago. <laughs> How time flies. We're still processing the trauma of the past three years. <laughs> Hoping for a good year in 2023. So, uh, Mortal Kombat, the new one, and then the two Sonic movies have really hit. Uh, I was surprised. All it took is a redesign. Sometimes it's okay to listen to the to the fans, the studios. Sometimes it's not. But the two Sonic movies really hit the fact that who they're going to introduce in the third one Ooh. is going to turn up. Um, the, the crowd lost it when I when the credits came on after the end of Sonic 2. So that's that's definitely some of my favorite video game movies that I've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah, I got to agree with you on the two Sonic movies. But this one's actually like my personal favorite that I will always rewatch is the original 2006 Silent Hill movie. Because I think that one is such a faithful adaptation of the game. And it captures the field. The director, Christoph Gantz, he was he was very passionate about it. And you can tell in the movie, hey, it's bringing it around full circle. Like you can tell when a movie is made by somebody <laughs> with passion uh, and not a cash grab. But yeah, and it's such a shame that there was never a sequel. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to The Last of Us, which drops this month um, when you're listening. I know it's not a movie, but the HBO Max, if it's covering the first game, so it should be good. That's what I'm thinking. Like it has to the first game. So, yeah. All right. All right. So coming from my Onechan, will the DC shake up make their movies better? I certainly hope so. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe like with James Gunn at the helm. I don't believe like I've seen any interviews from him about the like his passion for DC. I'm really hoping he becomes like the Dave Filoni uh, and the Kevin Feige of DC at this point. Just mm -hmm. having like that one main figurehead like in his vision with a full plan and not like a plan to try to copy the MCU or try to catch up with the MCU, but basically doing its own thing. Mm -hmm. I think like, hey, that's a good way of doing that. It's like it's sad to see a lot of these actors go, but like at this point, kind of like a hard resets kind of what's needed at this point, considering yeah, everything's kind of jacked at this point. Like you got Ezra Miller doing Ezra Miller things, you got uh Amber Heard doing uh turret things, uh <laughs> yeah, and and just yeah, just a lot of controversy, many actors backing out and all that jazz. Like it's kind of hard to to keep that universe going so mm -hmm. a good reset would do it some good 
Yeah, uh, I think the shakeup is needed. I know one thing that's occurred just over the past few months with DC is that they've lost a lot of goodwill and like acting on good faith with people. So if you're an actor, a director, a movie costume designer, makeup, design, camera person, unless there's a contract, don't talk to me about stuff. Like, like that's literally what people should be telling their agents. Unless there's a contract to sign and I'm getting paid regardless of what happens, like, don't, don't talk to me. Don't bring me an offer. Don't like, there is no handshake uh, deal agreements because with Henry Cavill, also Bat Batwoman getting canceled, just like oh, things yeah. like that, where it's just like, where it's just like, wow, okay, that's that's how we doing things right now. Just like unprofessional with it. I say it will not only improve, but it will make the movies as a whole, big picture wise, make sense. So you're not like, oh, where are we in the timeline? How does this character connect? Where are we with this and that? But we won't see the benefits of that until at minimum 2024, because we still need to reset with Flashpoint. I think Aquaman 2 is coming out at some point. Blue Beetle's already scheduled. Shazam is coming out. So there's a lot of things that are already planned that's coming out that we still kind of need to get through first before we can actually see the plan enact it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which is going to suffer with what we talked about earlier with the um, law of diminishing returns because there's going to be movies that come out and then it's going to be like, oh, reset and see the same characters over again. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, all um, right. So, hey, thank you for that one, Nonichan. So, and now we got ourselves another esteemed guest and probably one of the, the best episodes, the daughter of Ferrix herself, Jamie. Oh, uh, you can't and you decided to hold nothing back with these questions. <laughs> so uh let's go ahead and and get through these. All right, here's more DC. Yep. Uh, <laughs> now that Henry Cavill's is not coming back as Superman. Is it likely he'll stick around with the Witcher and they'll unannounce Liam like the same way they unannounced him? Or will he move on to other projects? Well, we talked about it, I believe, either last week or two weeks ago that like they've already shot it with Liam is what you said, right? Uh, season four. Yeah. So, yeah. So unfortunately, he, he ain't going with Then I saw something um, where the director or one of the writers said that season three is essentially a send-off for um, Henry Cavill. One thing I did see is that he's going to be a part of Warhammer 4000. I believe it's a game. I haven't played it before. I don't know anything about it, but I know he's like yes, in work sir. with a project about that. Yes, sir. Warhammer 40K is is a wild ride. But uh, so seeing him jump on that, I'm like, oh, oh, dear Lord. What type so, of darkness have you sent yourself into? So as a tease, can you kind of enlighten the listeners to kind of what that is? Yes. Yeah, so Warhammer 40K is simply like it started off as a tabletop game. Uh, you know, you have like armies basically of different factions and you just go ham at one another and just kill one another. And the thing about all these factions and why I like to go ham with it is the fact that treat like this story is kind of like what happens if Doom just up the the evil and the rampage by like a thousand because wow. they're they're like no good guys in every single like every faction is evil in its own way 
Not even the humans are good because it turns out the humans are like very xenophobic. So Jeez. it seems how you're dealing with aliens a lot of time. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> doom times a thousand in the insanity department. Okay, so that's gonna be interesting. But I would definitely say that if I was the MCU, I'm picking up the phone and calling Henry Cavill for something. <laughs> Please believe that. Well, if they made him Sentry, oh, <laughs> or Hyperion, something like that. So, oh, that'd be dirty. He's definitely a hot commodity with that. Um, so. He'll he'll land on his feet. Oh yeah. Next question. Next is what major setup pieces are you expecting to see from Quantum Mania? Um, time. Tra- yes, time travel. What were the effects of Loki's uh, interactions with the TVF? Is yeah, that what the, it was? yeah, the TVF. TVF. Um. Also, is this the king that we that is going to be King Dynasty King, or is it? A variant that exists in the quantum mania or like yes how does it set up the dynasty is essentially like one of the main things that i'm looking forward to yeah i do want to see like as you mentioned with more kang more more kang more action also like as you mentioned the effects of like the time travel like what happened with all of the time travel from in game like how did that affect everything because because <laughs> as we know like steve rogers he did like change up change up one major thing in the past and that was him staying Uh, so like what ramifications did that have Uh, also wanted to explore the microverse more because the microverse is like where Captain Universe Mm. first was introduced at so that means you got the cos like the true power cosmic which means hopefully we see cosmic Spider-Man (laughs) <laughs> the Enigma Force yes. and the Enigma Force, and which which leads to Null, which leads to King in Black, which leads to <laughs> King in Black Venom. Oh, Don't it do is this t- to yourself. Don't do this to yourself, man. <laughs> oh, this time we we seeing it right here, boys. It's Null more is- likely we'll see it in Across the Spider Verse than we'll see it in the MCU. <laughs> Null and MCU. I'm calling it now, fam. It's gonna happen in 2040. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll still be in the movies watching it. Yes. Uh, all right. So number three, if they made a what if for Star Wars, what should they put in it? Basically everything that you've mentioned before. So you can just go with that one and answer that. Oh, oh, for me. All right. So funnily enough, there actually is a, a set of comics basically called Star Wars Infinities, which is literally just what if. For what if New Hope, what if Empire, and what if uh, Return of the Jedi, where for the New Hope, it's like, what if Luke missed on the trench run, and it ends with Leia turning to the dark side and fighting Luke, then what if Empire is that Luke dies on Hoth, Mm -hmm. so Leia replaces him for the entire of that movie in Return, and then the third movie was like, what if things went sideways in the negotiations for Han Solo's body. Mm. And that one basically ends with Darth Vader redeeming himself and still being alive. Uh, So with that, like my main what ifs is like, what if Anakin didn't turn? What if, what if Vader actually lived? What if, what if Luke went to the dark side? What if Leia would, Leia was the main protagonist and Luke was the side 
mm-hmm. was the side protagonist. What if Leia went to the dark side? What if what if Anakin got the high ground? What, <laughs> like like literally the the possibilities are endless with endless. what if. Yes. I would also the Ujan Foon. How do you say that? Ujan Vong. That would be cool. And then also the uh the monster woman that you mentioned. Oh Abelot. Oh 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 man, what <laughs> what if the legends continuity fought the sequels continuity? Ooh. <laughs> yes. That would be dope. So that'd be nice. But <laughs> speaking, but on that note, right? What are you expecting from Marvel's What If Season 2? Do you think the Marvel cartoons actually tie more into the big screen MCU than we've seen? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well, technically, the Watcher would be in the MCU, like the big screen ones, because he exists outside of space and time, so he would be able to see what's going on. Um, they're definitely... There's already a confirmed what if Marvel zombies. So that's something else that's going to get continued. Uh, I think they're going to pick up with newer ones. A few, probably a few Wakandan ones, Ironheart and Long. What if Spider-Man didn't have to like have everyone forget who he was or something like that. So that would definitely be yeah. something and they, they can watch. And they're also going to explain that Gamora from, from the finale. So like, what if mm-hmm. Gamora basically became Thanos? Um, so like that's her. Uh, believe like a lot more probably happened. You know, like something considering like what if uh Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Like what if something happened between that uh mm-hmm. series? Maybe see like what if Wanda Maximoff got help? Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> like what if she got help? What if she didn't get the uh Darkhold? What if um, Tony didn't do the snap? Yeah, what, else did. like what if somebody else did the snap? What if yeah, and what if what if Spider-Man murdered the goblin? Please. Ooh. I please. think they might also introduce new characters. They'll use what if to like say that this character actually exists and this character is a mutant. <laughs> so. Yes, yes, yes. So I think like over time you'll start seeing more being incorporated because we know Uatu the Watcher, like He's actually in the big screen MCU, or at least his race is with mm-hmm. that Stanley cameo in Guardians. So uh shout out to the GOAT. Um yes. and so yeah, it's pretty much that. Uh all right. Next question. Yeah, next question is what film series is essential viewing during the week before Christmas slash New Year's? Okay. As we answer and what this, qualities yeah. make it essential viewing? All right. So as we answer this and when people listen the week after (laughs) the holidays, I would say Lord of the Rings, just because the trilogies are they serve one story like it breaks it. Yeah. Lord of the Rings and then also The Hobbit, because each of them are one story. It's just broken up into three parts. So it makes it very smooth with that. So it's like, okay, part one ends here. Well, Fellowship of the Rings ends here. Two Towers picks up here, and then it's like the king finishes the story. So it's kind of just like, I know it's super long, um, but it's also like succinct with that, whereas with others like a Harry Potter or Indiana Jones kind of has that up and down aspect to it. And then also just like different stories at different times. So, and what makes it essential viewing? Like, well, I guess I answer that. It's just like, it's simple storytelling. 
Well, I think for me, like, especially for the Christmas as- angle is like stuff that like pretty much evokes that Christmas feel, right? So, of course, Narnia, it has to be in there. Uh, that one just has to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, like, I don't even have to explain why that one is special. But yeah, to uh, be honest, I don't love Narnia. Like, uh... honestly, to be honest, I haven't even seen Narnia. <laughs> yeah i haven't seen it i just know of the book the author mm-hmm. and like what and like all the comparisons so That's so i'm like all right i'm basically good there uh <laughs> and then there are certain star wars movies that are required viewing you know return of the jedi is a christmas movie um mm-hmm. the holiday special <laughs> we we do not talk about that <laughs> just, just just you get banned from the chat. <laughs> delete. Delete. Uh, Harry Potter actually, actually is Christmassy. It like, is. It is because you know you're dealing with fantasy. You're dealing with the magic, the spirit of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, like what qualities identify as essential viewing, especially during Christmas and holiday seasons, is just uh, it's like it has like that feel. You know, it kind of has like either that magical feel, themes of spectacle. Yeah, spectacle themes of family uh which yeah themes of family which automatically excludes the fast and furious franchise because they don't have the <laughs> magical part of it well, i actually, mean after well, fast actually, five I'm, well actually 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 yeah never mind uh the, the <laughs> die hard series well die hard one mm-hmm. immediate christmas movie um and it's, if it takes place during christmas time that makes it even better spider-man no way home um uh, the Hawkeye series, mm, like I love like those are Christmas movies. So yeah, and and I know Jamie's gonna fight me over it, but I do not care. Uh, <laughs> you can fight me all day, and I'll keep going. But all right, so so okay. So next question is, and this one's actually my personal favorite. Uh, <laughs> why do films seem to feel the need to keep telling the same stories over and over again? We're looking at Avatar 2, The Force Awakens, etc. And how do we evolve stories in a way that feels true to the universe of the film without beating the dead plot horse? Well, I feel like for one reason they keep telling the same stories over over is because they don't want to lay the groundwork for more um, better stories or storytelling. So one thing that I was thinking about today before we record it when I saw it is that what would be a really great storyline that I would love to see? is the spider-man and craven storyline is it the final hunt is that what it's called oh wait for which one uh, spider-man and craven craven's last, last hunt. If, if they did that storyline that would be so far but you have to do a lot of setup for it so you need the venom symbiote to like actually be a th- symbiote suit to actually be a thing in the universe um set up with mary jane together but i i would say it's because again they're feeding off a nostalgia like we mentioned so I I enjoy The Force Awakens, but again, it's literally a copy and paste of episode four and five together. Um, Avatar 2, we mentioned uh, two weeks ago, the plot isn't really strong, if we're being absolutely honest. And most of the praise is because of the cinematography, which is fair. Again, we mentioned enjoy what you enjoy. But even like our very second episode, we talked about uh, Jurassic World Dominion. And that just being, you know, copy, copying over and over, hitting the same story threads that 
the original first five movies hit. So it's just kind of like breeding off nostalgia. And again, just like cash grab slash it's easy to make. And then also if you tell the same story, but it's to a different generation that it's a new story to them. So dang it. You took away like my entire answer, but uh, (laughs) add to your point on the nostalgia train, right? I think like, a big factor in like higher box sale numbers, higher anything is the nostalgia goggles. Uh, I mean, look at No Way Home and just how much a bank that got, and look at all the, and we got we got the Raimi verse and the Web verse back in those movies. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's not just a matter of nostalgia. It's like you take nostalgia, but you put spins on it. You yes. like try to make something new out of it, which is what the with No Way Home did. And and uh, like in comparisons to Force Awakens, uh, I think like they say like they're just no wait no it's oh sorry Rise of Skywalker oh goodness oh, uh, I'm so, I'm slowly dying over here. Um, <laughs> With that movie, just bringing back uh, Palpatine out of nowhere just to cash in on that nostalgia ends up actually hurting the story I mean, so he had much. To see his granddaughter. No, it ended up hurting the story down with that be- because it diminishes what happens in return. Yes. And that is why I choose to not have those stories exist. That's why mm-hmm. those movies do not exist in my head because it ends up tainting what came before. Do we need to talk about what happened to Luke Skywalker um, in episode eight? Um, no, no, we don't. So, yeah. so, so yeah. So essentially, like, how do we foster creativity and just have somebody who's like really passionate about the subject because they can probably have a billion different ideas on like how to go. And if editorial wants to try to get in the way, you got to <laughs> fight yeah all right so all right next one yep the next question is if you had to choose one object of power to be corrupted by which would you choose and why options can include the infinity gauntlet the one ring to rule them all the myrrh talisman the book of the damned i can think of a few others there's the dark side of the force there's uh symbiotes there's uh Ah, oh, dang, what was it in Indiana Jones? Uh, oh, wait, that was just straight Nazism, my bad. Um, <laughs> I have I, I have a thing. Um, is it an item? No, one object of power. Give me a tail beast. Oh, I would. I Because you can, add, it can corrupt you early, yes, but then you can kind of control it, as we see later. So I'd love a tail beast. Mm. Dang, and then I'm over here like, hey, give me a hell spawn symbiote. <laughs> Oh, give boy. me spawn, baby. That would <laughs> be fire. Because, like, I don't care if I would have to basically start slowly losing my soul to get absolute power. Because in the end, I could like redeem myself <laughs> by by God later and uh, get my wings of redemption <laughs> and become absolute power. Yes. But Great. yeah. So next is which film saga has the most epic soundtrack? Lord of the Rings to me in terms of epic um and I also want to say the Black Panther series because that music is for the soul so well besides uh Black Panther I have to go with Star Wars 
John John Williams, like he that's fair. I mean, Duel of the Fates, Imperial March, the Force theme, <laughs> Twin Sons, like there are bangers upon bangers. That's fair. Also, I don't, I don't know if Epic is the right word to describe it, but the Lion King franchise mm. that, that is that is something else. Mm. <laughs> mm, yes, yes. All right. So, which crossover battle would be the most epic, and why? So some examples can include Darth Vader versus Dumbledore, Clone Army versus the Rohirrim. There's like many other, like you could have the entire MCU versus uh like the Avengers versus Justice League. Ooh, I would like to see Avengers versus the Injustice League. Ooh, that that might go crazy. <laughs> okay, okay. I was I was thinking like the the Galactic Empire versus uh oh, dang, the starfleet tr- you know from mm. you know from star trek that's right that would be definitely cool like, let's let's see how far they can get Ooh, let me get voldemort versus dumbledore no not dumbledore uh versus gandalf voldemort Ooh. versus gandalf Ooh. oh wait that, that's, that's, that's kind of gas that'll be sweet that, that's Gandalf the White too, yeah. So, oh yeah, it had to be Gandalf the White. There's, <laughs> there's no other way, my guy. Uh, yes. This is bad. I was thinking Aslan from uh, Narnia versus Mufasa. Oh, <laughs> that's not fair because he has a resurrection on his side. <laughs> Listen, hey, 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 but Mufasa has the ancestral plane. That's Mufasa, dog. Now don't get it twisted. <laughs> exactly. So, boom. But thank, thank you, Jamie, for your right. questions. For our other questions, um, which anime mentors would you give a rose to? Yeah, it's time. I I need to give these to the mentors who don't get their love, uh, who don't get their flowers when they most need to. Have to give it to Koro Sensei. Ooh. He, he gave everything for them for them kids. He gave his own life to raise them up to be the best that they the best version of them, the best assassins humanly possible. Koto Sensei, you you get mine. For me, I would give it to Reagan Sama. Um Reagan San with Mob Psycho ending. Um, not mm. to spoil, but the way that the final season ended, well, final series, series finale ended was very epic and it absolutely ties into like kind of like their relationship throughout the series so definitely reagan aruka you always get your flowers and then captain yami yeah oh yeah yami easy easy but yeah. yeah obviously you know the goats like kakashi and uh jiraiya get it and roshi yeah i was literally thinking master roshi is one of the goats all right so this is gonna be a fun one any other tears of scorn you want to share oh man in terms of i have one go ahead look i i had to think about this one long and hard my guy (laughs) and i have only one only because of the fact that if because i'm in that category oh oh. and that's the horror movie buffs (laughs) so and here's why because Whenever you tell somebody like, hey, I like horror movies, like that's like if there's one genre I love above all else is horror, like 
when especially when it came to like the middle school and high school crowd and because i'm black <laughs> they saw me as the weird one they think i'm the emo one <laughs> that i'm the one that's more likely to become a killer oh boy or a a complete total menace to society and somehow i know how to hide a dead body and just things like that so many stereotypes like i'm the one that's gonna be the one that's like going out in these streets in a mask stabbing up everybody or i'd be the one dumb enough to go into a haunted house like i'd be the first one to go in uh newsflash everybody no uh i'm I'm black. I watch those movies for entertainment and also as an educational experience on what not to do. All right. So keep get it together. All right. For me, it's the movie goer Tears of Scorn. So I was talking to Sarah Ventress about this, uh, just like the Tears of Scorn of moviegoers that destroy the movie going experience. And I have five. So number one, these people should be banned from movies and I was about to say eviscerated, but that's Dang. not word. The, removed from ever seeing a movie ever again. People that do phone calls during the movie kill them should never be allowed to ever come back to the movie theaters ever again. That never. is so annoying and disrespectful. Do not answer your phone during a movie. Don't talk on the phone because some people like they take it to the extra step like just don't take your phone out when you're at the movie theater it's really annoying um because you break people out of that number two parents with kids that take their kids to pg-13 movies and up oh my especially if they're baby toddler-esque in age because and you can't control them because no one wants to hear that they don't want to hear the crying they don't want to hear the whining like if your kid knows how to act fine if not do not take your kids to the movies please please do not take your kids to the movies. so that's number two number three i would say talkers this is more of a personal of talkers that like are asking about the movie constantly as it goes on in plays <laughs> please i talk during movies when i'm at my house when i'm at the theaters please do not have full-blown conversations about who about who what where then and this and explaining like the plot from three movies ago if the you came gulag. to the movie you don't know if you don't know that yes gulag this is not the place to do that it's it's annoying number four this is kind of like it's a different tier altogether so it's kind of much lower but the excuse me sorry people so um this is kind of like if you think of if you go to concerts or um, just places where there's very tight seating and people need to get by. The excuse me, sorry, especially if they come super late um, and they just like walk by you. The excuse me, sorry, walking by. It's brief, it's momentary, but it is annoying. And number, oh, that's actually number five. I skipped one. So number four, right above that, is sleepers. If you came with them, so why? Especially if you pay for their ticket. Oh. So if we come to the movies, <laughs> please don't go to sleep. Because some people have very bad tendencies of going to sleep. And it's not necessarily that the movie is boring. It's just that they fall asleep during movies and you have to recap them about the entire movie. So that's my tears of scorn for moviegoers. I, I, I think you, you well, this one kind of combines with the, excuse me, sorry, the people who constantly move in and out 
you know, like yes. constantly yeah. going to grab snacks, constantly going to the restroom. It's like, mm-hmm. bro, you sit in the seat and you better stay there. sit, stay there. <laughs> Otherwise, you can you can sent packing. Yes, you get one. Excuse me. Sorry. Well, technically, two because you have to come back. But yes, and that's it. So that's my cheers of scorn. So for the next one, speaking of movies, what are our top five to 10 favorite movies of 2022? Ooh, oh boy now you're gonna hit me with this one all right so we got ourselves black panther wakanda forever that one's always gonna be at the top of my list uh, i'm gonna have to say the scream the batman mm-hmm. then after that right i got uh everywhere all at once yes sir. everything everywhere all at once and then finally i th- think like this I always can't remember whether this one came out on this year or if it was like at the end of last year, but Moonfall. Moonfall. Oh, I think it's either. You're right. It's like either early 2022 or late 2021. Yeah, it's like I can't remember that one, but I I really like that one just just from the the twists of that movie. But disaster movies are not for me. That's like the one where it's just like, yo, I can't watch the disaster movie. Oh wait, you know what? Scratch that. I just remembered. I gotta put Prey above that one. Oh, I forgot that came out this year. Yes, Prey. Is, yeah, Prey is yeah. Good. I gotta put Prey above Moonfall on that one. My bad, my bad. But but yeah, that's my top five. Okay, so um, I'll kind of go tennish, but it's not really in order. So there's like a top three clear, and then the rest of them are kind of just uh also up there. But everything, everywhere, all at once is definitely the best movie I've seen this year um next one black panther wakanda forever i mean nothing else needs to be said about that movie the batman also like those are my top three the batman please give me give me a sequel soon for the uh ones below that so again this is a movie i mentioned but it's called rrr it's a tollywood movie on netflix and this is again this is a three-hour movie when I saw, I watched the movie at like eight o'clock at night. When I saw that it was three hours, I was like, I'm not watching all of this. I'm only going to watch like an hour and a half, go to bed and then watch the rest of it the next day. I watched all three of three hours <laughs> that one night because it was so engaging and so good. <laughs> Looking at you, Avatar 2. Next <clears> one, <throat> the, the Woman King was was absolutely incredible. Oh, I, right. Incredible performance by Viola Davis. That is a queen among queens. Black Adam, I enjoyed it um, as a superhero. Nope, definitely. Oh, um, right, movies. that came out. <laughs> it's so hard. Nope was so good um, that I enjoyed. Another one that you're gonna start kicking yourself about. Black phone. <laughs> Black, <laughs> Black phone was so good. Um, the horror genre as a, like a whole in 2022 really came out of the woodworks. Um, the whale, and then also prey. Oh, you're right, because like it was like X, and then it's like Pearl, and then there's gonna be a um another sequel, or it might be a prequel. I can't remember, but it's gonna be a trilogy. I forgot that. about that one too. <laughs> yeah, a twenty four, oh. not missing. Oh my goodness. Uh, we also got a just for a slight mention for Halloweenians. Uh, just just I said slight. That one's like maybe number twelve. Wow, it made your top twelve. <laughs> the way we talked about it barely that's because everything else was just i mean this is the same year morbius came out so so there, <laughs> it was it was kind of gonna win 
Did you not see Top Gun Maverick? I didn't see it, so I can't put it there. Honestly, I, I haven't either. So Yeah, so I can't put it there because I haven't seen the first one. So I didn't exactly. want to watch it out. Exactly. All yeah. right. So big one. And this is kind of where we can wrap up. But podcast goals for 2023 and then personal goals and resolutions. All right. So for the podcast goals, I really want us to like expand the citizenship, you know, uh, be able to like open more of the community, have more uh, like not only just more guests, but more surprise, like guests slash interviews, you know. Um, I know, like, spoiler game, we have one coming up soon. Uh, I can't tell you who it is yet, uh, just so we can keep it, uh, keep it a bug and keep it secret for y'all, and y'all can keep guessing who it is. But it's, but yeah, just getting more context. You know, each of us can like have like our own celebrity contacts that hopefully would like to interact with us. And, uh, as far as like my personal goals, right, is just, you know, doing more for the podcast you know not only getting more of these celebrities but also with the the gaming channel uh, like i really want to start that like start streaming games start uh like having y'all be there with us for whenever the next triple a title drops like <laughs> i know that everybody wants to see me whenever a jedi survivor kicks off I especially know everybody wants to see me when Spider-Man 2 drops because I know I'm going to go dummy on that. Absolutely. Even though, like... Let that be a co-op and watch what happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Like, I'll I'll take uh, Peter, you get Miles. Um, And also the fact that, like, uh, I know, like, half half the time is just going to be us swinging through the city. (laughs) Absolutely. It's going to be me swinging. Uh, But, yeah, just... More stuff like that. Yes. For uh, podcast goals, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I just want to see it grow. I know just like with we've ha- we have been growing, it's crazy to think that it's been six months already of like officially dropping and it hasn't even been the first uh, like one year yet. <laughs> it just felt like so, so long. And with that, I'm excited. Definitely patience with that. Um our, you know, our YouTube's been growing, listeners in general has, and I think we're like on the precipice of that first jump. And then going from the end of season two, part two into season three, I would like to see us take that next jump or like be on the edge of it, just because um, we already mapped out season two, like the end of season two completely. Mm-hmm. And season three is going to be nothing, like the initial stage is nothing but movie reviews. And I don't love doing purely movie reviews. Like this is a pod that does movie reviews, but it's not a movie review podcast. Um, and we've had some great conversations with it. So I think just like wanting to see that grow before committing to a season three, because I feel like if we commit to a season three, then it's definitely going to be a long-term thing that we do for years to, in years to come. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But if it does happen, Hey, I'm, I'm game. Yes. And in it for a long haul. uh, For just personal non-podcast ones, definitely want to publish um, my sequel by the end of this year. And then I also want to at least have an agent for a different project that I've already completed. So two projects that I kind of want to see get published um, writing wise as an author is definitely something that I'm going to be committed to. And with that, um, I'm definitely going to be a bit more savage with my time with people. I think just from the 
aspect of this year. Well, just in general, to let people know me, I have two pet peeves. Like, I don't really get angry. I'm more of like, I get annoyed and it builds up. And then I get like, it blows up. But like, I'm more of like, I'm cool with most things unless you like straight up disrespect me. But I only have two pet peeves where it's like, I become Martin Scorsese mafia rules. Um, people playing with my time and then getting stood up. And I don't mean like stood up like on a date or something. I mean, like if I make plans with a friend at like, say let's three o'clock, and at 2.55, you want to tell me that you can't make it? Ooh, stuff like that pisses me off. Um, so, like, with things like that, I'm going to be more stringent. I think I've been a bit more forgiving than I should be with that. So, just, like, in terms of being more straight up with people and then protective of my time in order to accomplish the goals is something that I'm definitely going to go after. All right. Nice. Nice. Those, those are amazing goals. Strive for personal growth, personal greatness. Uh, I think one of mine is <laughs> one of mine that I didn't mention is to be the the greatest uh, Jedi or Sith Lord of all time with the Saber Guild. See me performance all day, every day. Yes. So with that, um, we're grateful. Obviously, like we initially thought there was going to be a gap in a week or something to take a break. We'll be back with you next week, ideally. So just with that, um, wrapping up part one of season two, it's been really fun. So we're going to get into recommendations again. Follow, like, subscribe, um, all that good jazz. So what you got for recommendations, Mitch? All right. So just bringing it full circle. I, I know we we harped hard on Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino, but I think it's good to like, hey, here are a couple of their films that like they definitely like had part of and they're really proud of. So in the and all of these like are found on various different platforms, uh, comp- compile lists. Some of them you have to find like on streaming services. Some of them you have to rent out. So, uh, so at your own discretion. Uh, <laughs> so on the Quinn Tarantino side, no, of course I re- recommend Pulp Fiction, From Dust Till Dawn, The Kill Bill Volumes One and Two. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those are goaded films, in my opinion, in one way or another. Uh, in Martin Scorsese's reign, uh, realm, Goodfellas, Cape Fear, mm-hmm. No Gangs of New York, The Departed, Shudder, Flippin' Island. <laughs> is required of viewing my guy wolf of wall street irishman yes that's 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 all i gotta say do you have anything no yeah all the recommendations i had were at the beginning um so just like with that looking forward to next week we are going to start uh doing our anime precap episode bringing on two special guests we're going to recap some of the anime that came out in 2022 and then also give a preview for 2023. We have a lot planned for uh, just this upcoming 2023 early part of season two. It's going to be absolute fun, absolute blast. So just really hope you keep rocking with us. So we're going to leave you with some words. All right. So for our words of encouragement, right, is just at the end of the day, you know, it's at the end of the day, like especially as this new year is coming about, if you have a goal, like the best way to to implement the goal, the best way to like have it to ensure that you don't like fall off it is to have set like set like objectives for each goal. Right. 
So like if your main goal is like, hey, I want to lose weight. Well, list down ways you can do that and then just break that down into smaller goals that you can complete on your own. Because like as you complete more goals and more, you're be more li- likely to continue on in it, especially like as you do it day by day. And hey, have some accountability, like have a friend there, friend or family just be like, hey, how's this going? How's that going? So, yeah, that's all I have. Yeah. One for me is it doesn't take a new year to constantly become a new you Um, each day each you know minute hour is a new opportunity to explore outside outside yourself to better yourself so just stay focused keep grinding hope you really just enjoy the new year and as we just keep progressing in these new times that you really just like really start to see yourself so with that we always leave you with it's not goodbye forever it's just goodbye for now and that's the third city podcast see ya later